I'm Wendy Parrish, and you're listening to Messages from the Middle. This is episode number 20, Big Me. Have you noticed that people don't usually share their struggles until they're over? It's not until they've defeated their dragon and marched victoriously home that they share their story. Well, I'm not one of those people. My name is Wendy Parrish, and I am in the middle of my story. From the middle, I've learned a few things, and I would like to bring you into my story. This is the good, the struggle, the light, the dark, and the lessons learned. This is Messages from the Middle. Hello, and welcome to the episode. This is episode number 20, which feels pretty awesome for me. I'm so grateful that I've gotten to make 20 episodes and I personally have learned so much through this process. So thank you so much for listening and for the opportunity that I have to make this podcast. Before we get into the episode, I want to talk about the retreat that I'll be hosting in September. The retreat is a self-love, self-discovery retreat in beautiful Bear Lake. It's actually going to be in Idaho, just kind of over the Utah border in Idaho in a beautiful, amazing home. And we have 15 spots open. They will fill up quickly. So I want to tell you to claim your spot right away. So if you are interested and you want more details, send me a DM on Instagram. So I'm at child songbird. You can shoot me a DM and we will have a chat and we'll, I'll tell you all the details and give you all that information. I will tell you that I'm hosting this retreat with the amazing Amber Olson. If you want to hear a little bit more about her story, you can check out the Key Nutrition podcast. Uh, it's not the episode that just came out. It's the one previous. It's called Being the MVP of Your Life, an interview with Amber Olson. I think there's more to the title, but you can listen to that. The other thing that we have that I think is going to make this retreat just top-notch amazing is we have an energy worker. Her name is Angie, and she is phenomenal. And if you've never done energy work before, I cannot speak highly enough about this. It's phenomenal. Your place is included. Your food will all be included. It's going to be an amazing weekend. So reach out to me. Again, at Child Songbird, shoot me a DM, or if you happen to be one of my buddies, you can text me or email me if you have that information, and we will we will talk about it. Also, we're offering best friend pricing. So if you come and bring a friend, you'll each get $100 off the price of the weekend. So that's something we're thinking about. Okay, with all that being said, let's get started. If we're going to be friends, and we are friends, by the way, there's something that you need to know about me. You've probably already gathered by now that I'm kind of nerdy, what with all my Hobbit and Star Wars and Harry Potter references throughout my episodes. But I should tell you, I've been keeping the nerdiest thing about me kind of to myself, except for not really, because if you know me, you already know this about me. That is, I love Doctor Who. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's totally okay. And if you do, then you're either British or you're a nerd like me. Hello, friend. 
for those of you that don't know anything about Doctor Who, it's a sci-fi TV show that's been around for 60 years, and it's British. It's about a time-traveling alien, although he slash she looks human. So the show started 60 years ago, and they have since had 13 different actors play the part of the doctor because he doesn't die. He just regenerates. It sounds kooky, but it's kind of amazing, and it's one of the things that makes the show so cool. Anyway, it's about a time-traveling alien who can travel all throughout time and space. There's a lot more I could go on about, but for the purpose of this episode, that's all you really need to know. I love Doctor Who for many reasons. It's funny, it's clever, and there are moments that bring me to tears, either because they're so sad or because they're so beautiful. The episode with Vincent Van Gogh, it's seriously so beautiful. Also, I have always loved the idea of time travel. I love any story with time travel. My daughter once asked me if I could have any superpower, what would it be? And the answer is easily time travel. A huge part of that being that I love history and would love to go back and see the world during different times and to see huge historical moments in time. But also because since a very young age, I have been obsessed with going back and changing my past. When I left residential treatment, they do a small ceremony. It's called a chip out. I don't know if they do this at other centers, but they did it where I went. The therapist in charge would pick a rock with a word in it, word carved on the rock. Then she explained why she chose that word and pressed that word into the rock. Then the rock would be passed around to everyone else in the room and they would press a word in it from them to you. It was really beautiful and a lovely way to say goodbye to the people who were such a huge part of your life for such a short amount of time. At my chip out, one of my friends pressed the word mom into my rock. He was young, it's about 20, and me being the mom that I am kind of took on a mom role for him. He reminded me so much of my own kids who I'd been away from for a long time. And he was the only person in the room who got my jokes and my sense of humor. When he introduced himself, when he first got there, he said that Jojo Rabbit was his favorite movie. And I knew immediately he was one of my people. When he was explaining why he chose the word mom for me, he told me it was because I had been like a mom to him while he was away from his family. But then he also told me that he mostly chose the word because he wanted me to take the tools and lessons and all the things that I had learned over the past few weeks and use them to love and mom the little girl inside of me. I was stunned. That moment really, really stuck with me. So how was I supposed to do that? I was back to time travel, I guess, because as sweet and lovely as that thought was to me, I had no idea how I was supposed to love and mom the little girl I used to be. Honestly, I'm still working out the details of what that process is supposed to look like. However, last week, I had a lightning bolt moment. Last week, I learned about Meg Meeks and the three things she says every child needs to hear from their parents. While I really took to heart these three statements in regards to me as a mom to my kids, I also realized that these are the three things I need to be telling my inner child. Those three things are, I love you, I believe in you, and I have hope for your future. 
Here's another thing that you should know about me now that we're friends. I have always hated little me. My family will tell you that I took our home videos and hid them for years because I didn't want anyone to see videos of me as a little kid. This was not when I was a kid or a teen. This was when I was a full grown adult. My husband has never seen home movies of me as a little girl, and I've told him he never will. There's no rational explanation for why I feel this way. But recently I realized it comes back to my issues with perfectionism. I can't handle seeing myself as a perfectly imperfect little person. I hated my voice, the way I talked. It wasn't cute and it wasn't charming. My sister was adorable and funny and so cute. And my brothers were adorable and funny and so cute. One of my brothers couldn't say his R's. And that's seriously one of the cutest things for a little kid. I was just annoying and obnoxious. So as an adult, I put my perfect expectations on what a cute kid should be on little me. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I'm pretty sure there's some pathology around those thoughts. So when my friend in treatment told me to take the new tools I had learned to love and support myself as a little girl, I was stunned and heartbroken for the little girl that's still inside of me, who's hated by the person who should always have her back and love her no matter what, me. Our inner child is always with us, all of us. Being children and going through those formative years is an important part of becoming who we are meant to be. If we were meant to only be adults, then we would have been born as adults. The birthing process would be awfully complicated, but I'm not going to think about that. Childhood is important. It's an important part of our development. Childhood is the first version of you to experience this life. She or he contains your capacity to experience wonder joy, innocence, sensitivity, and playfulness. Now, why would we ever want to let that go? As grown-ups, we have the power and responsibility to give our inner child the three things every child needs to hear. I love you. I believe in you. I have hope for your future. Let's start with the first one. Every child needs to hear the words, I love you. I will add that a child needs more than to hear those words, They need to feel that you mean it. If you are giving love to your inner child, I'm pretty sure your inner child will know if you mean it. So what if you can say it, but you're not quite sure if you mean it? Like me. This is a big thing that I've learned as I've navigated through the middle of my story. Sometimes in order to feel a thing, you start by speaking the words out loud. I started by sitting in meditation and picturing little me. I got as detailed as I could. It helps to have a little kid picture of yourself where you can see it. I then place my hands on my heart and say the words, I love you out loud. At first, this might feel silly silly, or the words won't mean anything or, or you'll find yourself in chest heaving sobs because your inner child is hearing the words she has been starving for. Say it more than once. Picture little you, bright eyed, full of hopes and dreams, joy, playfulness, wonder, innocence, and sensitivity. And love on that child 
the way you would your own child if you have children or your niece or nephew or any child in your life because you are one of those children. If you're a guided meditation person, there's a meditation by the lovely Sarah Blondin called Loving and Listening to Yourself. And another one called Practicing Gentle Kindness Towards Ourselves. You can find those meditations on her podcast called Live Awake. Or if you have the meditation app Insight Timer, all of her meditations are on that app. And I highly recommend that meditation app, by the way. Her voice is like the hug that you've been craving and every word she speaks goes right to your soul. I highly recommend her, especially as you work towards self-love and loving your inner child. The next phrase every child needs to hear is, I believe in you. For this one, I pictured my young daughters. And the reason I say my daughters is because they're both two different parts of me. One is my introverted, shy, reflective, artsy, and of course, nerdy, goofy self. The other one is the always dancing, always singing, making and creating, playing and wanting to talk to everyone and be their friend and ready to take on the world. When you hear those two contrary personalities living in one body, you might think, "Mm, no wonder she has a few issues. Anyway, I can easily picture my girls and say and mean, I believe in you. I believe those girls can and will do anything they put their minds to. I believe they can and will overcome the challenges they will face in this life. I believe that they are capable of great things. Most of all, I just believe in them. If they don't want to conquer the world, that's okay, because I believe they will choose what's right for them. I believe in who they are and that they are divine spirits with a divine purpose. So now... Can I look at little me, the one who I have disparaged all my life, the one who I think of as a failure and broken, clueless and not knowing how to behave, what to do and how to do it. She doesn't know how to make friends, how to feel accepted and be included and feel like she's capable of anything. How can I turn to her and say, I believe in you. And honestly, right now, it's a no. One of my assignments in treatment was to write a letter to eight-year-old me and read it to the group. This was so hard. Here's an interesting thing about writing this letter. We didn't have any technology. No phones, laptops, word processors, typewriters, nothing. So I had to handwrite this letter. There was no cutting and pasting, no deleting and starting over. If I didn't like what I wrote, I had to start all over again. And it turns out that was a gift. I rewrote this letter five times at least And each time, I got to know eight-year-old me a little better each time. I remembered her insecurities, her dreams, her hopes, and all the things she loved, the things she did that made me who I am today, her love and, well, hyperfixation with music, dance, and singing that led her to push and strive to live her dreams. My love of the musical Les Miserables affected so many decisions I made for decades to come. I remembered vividly the struggles of making and keeping friends, feeling less than and not good enough. These low and alone feelings that brought me to my knees and also helped me find my faith, the faith that has kept me going during the darkest and hardest times. I learned how I hear him and how to pray. 
I learned to love and admire and be grateful for this little girl as I wrote this letter. With all her flaws and weaknesses, she was doing her very best. However, when it comes to believing in her, there's still a lot of resistance. This is when I wish for time travel. I want to go back and fix her and tell her how to fix things. Tell her to find another dream. Tell her you have ADHD and that you need to do something about it or you'll be struggling with this for years to come. Tell her to figure out why she can't make friends so that when she's 45 years old, she won't still feel isolated alone. Then and only then do I think I can believe in her. And I know that this is harsh. I see how I can so easily give grace, love, and belief to others, but I can't seem to give it to myself. The story of my life, really. So once again, I take a step back to speak the words and say them out loud. I believe in you. Sitting in meditation, picturing eight-year-old me with missing teeth and self-cut bangs, and I say, I believe in you. I believe that everything you are and everything you experience is for me and for who I am supposed to be. I believe in you because I too am a divine spirit with a divine purpose. My hope is the more I say these words, the more I will believe it to be true. And the more I believe it, the more I will see how believing in and loving little me will help big me move through the dark night of the soul. So now we have hope for your future. (laughs) This one is hard. Not because I have no hope for individual people and their future, because I have no hope for the world as a whole. 2020 destroyed hope for me. It destroyed my ability to say, ooh, child, things are gonna get brighter. Nope. Those are just words to a song. But seriously, does anyone actually think this world will ever be okay? I went through this with my therapist a lot, and she kept telling me that yes, the world has pretty dark places, but it also has bright spots. And I can make one of those bright spots my home, that I got to create a haven for my family in my home. This was not the right thing to say to me at this point in my life. Because at this point in my life, I knew that I had 100% failed at creating a haven in my home for my kids. I'd failed to keep them safe from the outside world. I had not protected them from the wolves. The dark and scary places had found their way into my happy castle. And I was not able to save the day. I was not the hero in their story. I was the villain. I was the court jester, really. I clung to this narrative like a door in the middle of the North Atlantic in 1912. And guess what? This narrative did not save me. And it for sure didn't save my kids. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. But I felt incapable of finding the light. As I went through this list of the three things every child needs to hear, I thought one and two, yeah. I can absolutely say that and believe that for my kids. But the last one was a big, giant nope. So my therapist and I had to work through that. Here's what a good therapist or coach can do. They don't tell you what to think. And they don't tell you 
how to think it. And they don't coddle you and comfort you and just tell you, okay, well, you know, that's what you think. I guess that's okay. They actually point out some flaws in your thinking and maybe even tell you some things that you don't want to hear. They help you notice where the flaws in your thinking are and help you find a new thought. You find the new thought, you find one that works for you. And here's what I found. I actually still don't have hope for the world. I know that that is a millstone around my neck that I have to work on. But I do have hope for my children as individual human beings and what they're capable of. I have hope for who they can become in the future. And that hope comes from my belief in them and who they have the potential to be. I believe that they can create fortresses of light and joy in a dark world. I really do believe that. So now, can I say those words to little me? And the good news on this one is the answer is yes. In the letter that I wrote to eight-year-old me, I told her that she will meet her person early in life, that he will be there for her in the hard times and that he will love her unconditionally, that he will believe in her and will help her believe in herself. As I wrote those words to my eight-year-old self, I remember thinking, you're going to be all right. You're going to know joy that you can't even comprehend right now. You may think that the only joy in life right now is to be famous in some way, but the life that you live with Mitch is better than anything else that you can imagine. I told her that the faith that she's building right now as an eight-year-old will give her hope during the darkest times, that prayers I didn't know I had would be answered. I thanked her for finding faith and hope at a young age because it helped me through so many hard times in the future. After writing these paragraphs to eight-year-old me, I realized that I did have hope for my future. I had been through dark times before and came out of it stronger than before, and I can do it again. No time travel necessary this time to find hope for the future, even if that hope is just a spark. There are whole disciplines devoted to inner child work. If your inner child is hurting and you need to rewrite your story, I recommend finding a therapist or a certified inner child practitioner. Honestly, no matter how mentally healthy you are, giving love to your inner child is not a bad idea. And if you're hurting, take some time to send love to your inner child and tell them that you love them, you believe in them, and you have hope for their future. If you want to take some time to write a letter to eight-year-old you, it's really powerful and gives a voice to a child who needs a voice again. Thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate all the time that you spend with me. You guys are amazing and you've been so supportive. Please remember that you matter and you are loved no matter who you are or where you are in your story. And take some time this week to tell that to your inner child. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining me in the middle of my story. My theme music is White Linen by Asher Child. He's my kid. You can find all of his amazing music on all streaming platforms. And you know, it just wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. But seriously, it would really mean so much to me if you did. 
Thank you so much and see you next time.